Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome.
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. This Fit Nation. If you're a veteran and you're struggling or feel like you're leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like you'll be a burden to someone or feel embarrassed to talk to your inner circle, your friends and family, don't hesitate to call the hotline at 988 and press option one. Do not make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. That's the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with all things going on with the Misfit Nation, live shows, uh, new, new events, and of course, our great guests. Speaking of which, our next guests are an amazing team with a mindset to help warriors fight for the silent war at home. He served in the Army for 25 years, 20 of those being special ops. He was on point for over two decades to include the Battle of Mogadishu in 1993 and Operation Red Dawn when Saddam Hussein was captured. His significant other worked as Director of Film and Photography for Special Ops Training. It was there where she was exposed to all operations from all the branches, Army and those Navy guys as well, in realistic training events. She was able to focus in and identify the same symptoms he was battling with and start to ask those questions. With this knowledge and the darkest moment that happened in 2013, this team stepped forward and started the All Secure Foundation. So without further ado, let's welcome Command Sergeant Major Retired Tom and Jen Satterley to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks. Thank you for having us on. We certainly appreciate it. This is a, once I've seen your story and I started following you a little bit, so this is, this is a team I need to have on, especially with the message I try to promote on here of mindset and keep that mental health going straight and forward and staying away from the darkness as much as possible. So it's a, my pleasure to have you on here. Yeah, thanks. And I like the way you use that, staying away from the darkness. We've been talking a lot about that lately. Something like I just I was just listening to my buddy show, the Philip D. Blackman show, and he has whole show times on mental health awareness and the stigma that's attached to it, especially for senior leaders like yourself when you were in and myself when I was in, we weren't allowed to have problems. We had to be the tip of the spear. You had to keep pushing forward, but not take care of ourselves, but take care of everyone else. So that was part of his show. And I, I think that's a, something that bleeds over to almost every show on mental health, with, especially with the military community. Yeah, for sure. That's That was the mentality. Uh, I mean, even today, rub dirt on it, right? Suck it up. And the message we're trying to spread is that, you know, one, that gives you an affection when you rub dirt on it. And sucking it up never worked for anybody. And, <laughs> and we always dig deep to try to find anybody. That, uh, we spoke to somebody that fought in the Battle of the Bulge who said that they struggled and suffered the whole time and finally admitted that they were going to go get help some 80 years later, you know. Yeah, and, who's and 99 years old. Who's 99 years old and was going to go get help. And his grandkids were there, and they didn't know about it. His kids were there, they didn't know about it. And I'm like, man, the length of time that you suffer is is how long you choose to wait to actually go get help for something. Definitely. And, uh, and I think it's a, a big plus that what you're doing with the All Secure Foundation, as well as uh, other shows and myself, for getting people to voice what they're going through and maybe tell their story, get that off their chest and start living that purposeful life again. Yeah, they, I mean, honestly, sharing the story of how people feel has been bringing everyone together. That, that oh, I don't feel so alone anymore. It's almost a joke when I hear it and I want to start laughing. I'm like, really, are we still there? It, we just haven't reached that many people yet. I mean, it's 
people tune it out because it's not that much of a fun topic to talk about. And it's easier to swipe through some cool stuff. But there are still so many people that don't even understand why they feel the way they feel or even have heard about secondary post-traumatic stress that they kind of impose on their family members. So it's always shocking to me how many more people still need to hear this message. Definitely. And uh, I'm going to pause, but I want you to just to tell a little bit more of your story. I know I've, I've said a bunch of it, but to give a little bit more of your story as far back as you want to go to how you had that aha moment to start the foundation. Yeah, you know, I was... I joined the army for like, I'll come in for four years and get college money. I'm getting right out. Right. I had no plans of ever joining the military other than playing with toy soldiers. And uh, it just hit me one day when my friend was coming back and we were on our way to John Cougar concert. And he's like, Hey, it's not that bad, man. I'm going to Europe and I'm going to hang out and I'll be back. And I thought I can get out of Indiana for a couple of years and go to Germany. That'd be cool. That was the extent. And I went to German Ranger School when I was over there, French Commando School, platoon confidence training, all these things that were more energetic and high speed, and these guys were cool, and the guy with the green beret looked a lot better, and I thought, man, I think I'll try that. And uh, I was a green beret for a minute, I mean, long enough to go to language school and go to fifth group, and then they had pulled me back and recruited me to go to Delta. And four months later, you know, I was back at Fort Bragg, uh, trying out for for selection and made it and moved right back. So it was one of those. That was nineteen. That was 91. Yeah, that was the quick turnaround from Fort Bragg to Fort Campbell, back to Fort Bragg in a in a four month period, wow. and then spent twenty straight years at Fort Bragg and then lived there a little bit longer after that. Even it was one of those. Um, I shot to the top. Luckily, I just right place, right time, right motivational day. You know, I, I don't know. I didn't plot it out and it was just a better path and better things to do. And I mean, like you said, from Somalia, which was my first combat mission, which kind of turned me away like, Oh man, that's, that was real. You know, it wasn't like it looked in the movies. That was kind of real. And, um, you know, to capturing Saddam to that wasn't as motivating as you'd think you wake up the next day and you go do it again anyway. So it's next. It doesn't really matter who it is. And so, the job just keeps running on and running on. And so you, you blink and 20 years later, you're like, I don't even know what happened. You know, I spent 25 years in the army when I planned to come in and get college money. Just like that. <laughs> you blink and you look back and you're like, I don't even know what happened. I can't bend over anymore and everything hurts. Yeah. Motrin doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, Jen, when did you come into the, into the picture? Um, I met Tom in 2013, and he was already retired. So he had already spent a few years in Jordan and was back. And really, I kind of met him at a point in time where he was wandering, lost, kind of. Way lost. <laughs> way lost, way wandering, and probably at his darkest time. And so we, um, I started working alongside Tom as a combat camera, but on realistic missions stateside. And so we really met working together and met at work when I was yes. at my worst ever, probably my heaviest. Yeah. I, I quit working out, but I kept eating. I, you know, it was one of those uh, miserable drinking, um, drinking it all away and having a good all time and yeah. then working all day. Like I was still 20 and going, why do I hurt so bad? And I can't get out of bed. I'm getting grumpy every day. And that's when we met. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness I was cute, I guess. I don't know. It was uh, I wasn't much to be with back then. I was pretty much um you had potential. Angry. I was angry, yeah. I had, <laughs> I had potential to clean up. 
And you cleaned up well now, so hey. Yeah, see, I knew. Us girls know. Us girls know. Diving in the rough. It was it was really rough. Uh, so, yeah, she met a lot of uh, people like me. And she got to work with all of us and see us, see underneath the curtain that the spouses don't get to see, right? So she understood why we were broken, I think. And when she sees over 200 of the same people say the same story and what do they want help with? They want help with their relationships at home. She's like, I could do something with this. You know, I could help some people with this because we were training people to go to war. You know, we're the last people they would see before they went went to their next combat mission. We would throw everything at them. And she would see guys suffering then, and some wouldn't come home for the next training exercise or the next iteration. She's like, hey, where's Bob? Well, he didn't make it. You know, where's Jim? He didn't make it either. And she's like, oh, I'm not built for this shit. No. So, yeah, she, she that's where she, she got, to, got it in her head that we're going to start a foundation. Yeah, it was really built on on the need that I heard. Honestly, it was just... When I'd ask the guys, hey, and like Tom said, it didn't matter if it was a Green Beret or a SEAL or a Ranger. I, it didn't matter who I was talking to. They were all saying the same thing. Like, I, I've got the war thing, and if I don't have it, there's somebody to my left and my right that probably does. And there is actually a manual for this, and there's rules for this, so I get this. But when I come home, I don't know how to be a good father. I don't know how to be a good husband. I don't know how to be a good family member, whatever it was is how do I reintegrate and then get ready to go back overseas and then reintegrate. And, you know, it was a case of seeing a guy on one rotation who was maybe 24, 25, seeing him on the couple of years later. And I'm like, God, he looks 45. He just looks broken. He looks, you know, physically in pain, emotionally in pain. And nobody's talking about it yet. You know, some guy would share his story with me. And then two minutes later, somebody else is sharing their story. I'm like, do you guys, you're on the same team. <laughs> you're saying the same thing, but you're not talking about it. So she had gained their trust being on the job. So they opened up to her. She was one of the guys, really. And then they realized, oh, she's one of the guys with some feelings inside. And, and we're, we're in the same bowl of crappy soup we all lived in, right? So we share the message with somebody like me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I get it share it with her. And she's like, that's all wrong. It's all messed up what you just said. And so we all started realizing that we weren't ready to be back in society, really, you know, um, or had been trained for it. Yeah. I hadn't really. been trained to, to settle down and, and reintegrate back into a world of you're not on top and in control anymore. You have to settle down and listen to other people who might be dumber than you and, and don't care about you. And guess what? Get along with it, man. You know, you got to fit in. And if you fight it, like like we all do for a while, we fight it. It tears you down every day, you know. Definitely, and uh, I started my active duty career the same weekend as the Battle of Mogadishu, so that was my first days in. Oh my gosh! Wow. And so, and then I was in Iraq. Motivating. Yeah, I was actually put on alert and I had no idea what alert meant and I got in trouble because <laughs> I had no idea what it meant. I just went drinking and came back and there's my first song. I was, oh wow, what I do. So well, we're <laughs> shots and stuff to go help people. Help people where? What's going on? I had no clue. What's I was clueless, a young kid, dumb, and just full right. of full of this hopes and dreams like you had college and get out. But I was in the military now and in the army. I like Pauly Shore and uh, I, I drove forward. <laughs> so I made it out of that and uh, I was actually in Iraq when you captured Saddam. I was in Ramadi, a beautiful town of Ramadi at that time. Lovely. Yeah, they call it rest of Ramadi. I don't know. I called it uh, a hellhole, but it, it was. Right. 
it was beautiful to somebody, I'm guessing. So, and then I finished yeah, yeah, off. I finished off in 2015, but and in that whole time, I I never actually sought help because I thought it was wrong for me to go for help as a leader. Until after 2011, we lost 65 dudes in Kandahar, and one of them was my soldier. So I got home. I knew I was messed up, and I said, before I go to my wife and daughter, I need someone to decompress with. And I went to the doctor on reintegration. He said, No, you're good. Just on first class. Go back to your soldiers. So I'm asking for help, asking. I'm literally on my on my hands and he's asking. No, you're good. You're good. Get out of here. So so I understand that part there. And what you said about we're trained to go to war, but we're not trained to come home from it. We're trained to right. come home and understand that someone else has been in charge of the house the whole time. You're not in charge there either. Just get over that and just kind of melt your way back in slowly and say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, whoever's on the whoever stayed home that whole time. That's the best tactic to take. Yes. yes. Many of us don't take that one. <laughs> That's a smart path. <laughs> we want to come home and change it right back the way it was when we were in charge, seemingly in charge when we left, right? Or NATO leadership. Or seagull leadership. Come in, crap all over everything and leave again. So. Yep. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Makes them happy. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. It's the best. So what year did you start the Oscura Foundation now? We started really kind of researching, looking into it in sixteen, and then we got the five oh one C three, like the official stamp from the government in August twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah. This month. Oh, wow. It's five years. You now? just go day to day. I'm, I'm lucky to make it. <laughs> I I know. <laughs> you ask a question about a date, and I, I, lean, I lean back, like, oh, that's, I won't remember that date. So that's a gen question. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know about that. I look right at her, like, that one's for you. It has a memory attached to it. And did you focus yeah, first on us? a certain area like North Carolina, Fort Bragg area, or did you go straight out to the whole special ops community? We started, so we're based in St. Louis where I'm from. Um, We do a lot, a lot of work, a lot of our time at Fort Bragg, but um, we go everywhere. So everywhere we were in Cannon Air Force Base, we go down to Tampa, Colorado, um, Colorado, a bunch. So yeah, all over. We will travel to different units and speak. Um, and do some training. And we speak to But it really as well. started that way. I mean, you one of the first people, groups you spoke to were the SEALs. Yeah. And I think um, Air Force PJs was the other one that we were working with. So it just kind of, because we were in contracting and worked in contracting together for four years, we we had already established relationships with these different teams. And so when we said, hey, this is what we're doing, yeah, you should come out and talk to, you know, talk to the guys and gals and... Yeah, and we started close to home with who we knew and worked with and, and, and people that we knew, and that spread from there. Like, whoa, yeah. this works, you know? <laughs> okay. So they shared it with their friends. Oh, okay, that worked. And so it just exponentially started sure. to grow within the special ops community. We don't single any special ops community out. And it's not just operators. It's any capacity special operations. And if the operator's not ready or the veteran's not ready, the family member can come on over on their own. You know, so we start, whoever wants to be the first in that battle buddy system to start, We'll be happy to start. So it's not just for the service member and, oh, by the way, if they're married too, um, it's for the whole, you know, the family to start anytime they want. But that's what everybody needed help with. Yeah. All that at home. So, and that that just, that took off. When people hear that, oh, well, I feel better. 
and my relationship's getting better. And everybody's like, what's wrong? What's different with you? It starts out with, what's wrong with you? Oh, it's why, because I'm laughing now. You know, it's <laughs> you're like, actually hey, happy. You're different. You're losing weight. You're, you're happier. You're just moving about now. And like, yeah, everything doesn't suck really. And so they want some of that. So it, it kind of spread fast, almost too fast. <laughs> it was it was scary for a bit. Yeah, true. That's a that's a good scary though. So that, that's something where you're able to help. You're showing that you're helping more people than you thought you would right away. And of course, the word of mouth really helps out, and in, in, especially in the nonprofit world. Yeah, we weren't ready for the weight, I think, of our real role. You know, when you start, you want to help. I just want to help everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you, you almost become like a, a therapist or a counselor. And you're like, oh, no, you got to pull way back from advice. You know, and you just share your story. So we were uncomfortable with, what if we don't know the answer? And then we realized, well, that's not our job to know the answer. We're like journeymen. We're on the same journey that we're helping people with. But we're sharing everything we've done, sharing our story and, and making it okay to step up and talk about it, hopefully. So, yeah, we're the lighthouse. And then, yeah, and then we pass you off to our come this way licensed clinical social workers who coach you along the way, and then other modalities of healing, and that we we linked up with other organizations that that do good work, and so it's a network now that we're in the help, you know, that captures all these people that need help and keeps them in the fold instead of letting them get lost. Definitely, that's all. All that's good right there, especially once. Once they know that you're battling the same demon that they are now battling, you've already been through the battle. And it's going to be an ongoing battle no matter how good of a picture you put on your face now. It's always going to be there. You have to keep the fight up or it's going to take over. If yeah. they see you're in that fight, right. and the type A person you are, I got to be like him too. And I want to know what his, his tricks and uh, techniques are to get to the other side. And I'm sure you get a, you get a lot of good handshakes or high fives or bat, fist bumps, whatever you're allowed to do these days and say, hey, thanks. You, you really pointed me in that right direction. That's the best part yeah. about it really is. I mean, we're kind of all doing it together. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like I don't know, there's so many people doing so many amazing things. Like you said, it's more like a community of us all together saying, "Okay, what is the answer?" And and really but, I think the important thing is that we're not stopping asking the questions. Right. The answers are there and and we really I think need to be seekers because there is new advances and there are new uh, modalities that are popping up all the time with really, really promising results. So I feel like we're still learning. We're still on this journey and, and we still have a lot to grow. And And we learn from others who, yeah, we get these amazing letters of thank you, you know, when I read your story or when I read your book or when I saw that podcast, I, I thought all this time I was alone. I was the only one out there like it. But the best ones are in crayon and they're not from Marines. They're from children <laughs> writing about their parents. You know, thank you for helping my mom and dad, you know, and it, and getting that. And we share that with everyone that's on the, that's been part of it. You know, it's yes. not just us that helps people. It's no. the, the therapist. It's the if they got a stellate shot or they got, a, you know, TMS or something. Everybody's a team and we share that with everyone. Like, hey, look what we're doing. Look what you helped do. And then, of course, we send that to our donors, too, to kind of keep them motivated because uh, it's, it's, it's nonstop, sadly. I mean, we, we have three. We have three coaches three right coaches now. now. They're We're all... looking for two more. Already. I mean, just so people don't wait. You know, we don't want people waiting more than five days. If I hear someone's waiting five days, I get nervous. So we try to keep it pretty quick. So we always grow. Best we can, yeah. That's outstanding. That's definitely something that if, if they wait, then they start to feel like they're being forgotten anyway. And then that oh, really yeah. hurts the process even more. And you yes. might you might lose them as a, a part of your team and they go wind up somewhere else or do something 
not smart at that point. Right. right. And they're impatient at that point already. So Definitely. you yeah. got to kind of be quick with it. So talk to me about the programs. I see the two listed on your website, the Special Operations Warrior, a couple workshop retreats and the six-week mind and body reset. Let's talk about those two. So we have just a few left of our retreats this year. Those are for couples. We go down to Big Cedar, which is right outside Branson, and it's four intensive days, really three days and a travel day of pretty intensive wounds scratching open and and facing some demons and, and realizing that all the all the other couples in the room are kind of facing the same thing, um, even though everyone's story may be different. And so even though it's a group setting and, and some of that kind of process happens, we structure to be very individual. So we're really focusing on helping rebuild the foundation for that couple um, after countless deployments and, you know, all it's the about thing equal that comes to along six with months it. Of, of the coaching we do over the phone or online. It's about it's a good start for a six months jump start for getting ahead in your, your you know, emotionally focused therapy. And, and we give them to our therapists, teach them tools all day. We share our stories of how it works. Um, they open up in front of each other realize they're not alone and then day two everything opens up it's and it, 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 i love really to cool. see how people kind of just open up and realize i'm not alone and they start dumping and man they feel so light and happy and then they leave and we have them for as long as they need after that to keep going with therapy but it's a good jump start that i think we're taking to a a different format so we can help more people in the future and i think probably really the day-to-day -day what we do is we get people into the door once they're ready to ask. We don't even like to say ask for help, but training or retraining and saying, Where, what are my available options to treat this injury? That it might not even be with us at the first step. They might, you know, have an issue that they want to address first. But what we want to do is once somebody kind of asks that we're their partner in that, like, hey, let us introduce you to that nonprofit. Let's get you together. Let's get that treatment. And we want to be there for that process. And our coaches are doing it, oh my gosh, five days a week, yeah. three of them working with either the spouse or the couple or the warrior. And so that's the bulk of really what we do. The six-week mind and body is a free PDF download for anyone. Um, it really starts to talk about the biology of PTS. In some ways, you can kind of trick your system and and some things that you can do from meditation to the foods that you eat, the supplements that you take that can kind of help you fight this battle. And then uh, the six-week mind reset that's on their own at home or? Yep. It's just a follow-through guide. A lot. Um, so clinically, it's from the Cleveland Clinic. We didn't make the stuff up in there. It's, it's all backed by Dr. Hyman. Um, and it's really how Tom got started. So a lot of people ask, what did Tom do first? And the first thing he did was clean up what he was eating, how he was sleeping. What you're putting in the tank, right? If I'm eating crap, I feel like crap. Where am I going to go with that <laughs> from there? You know, so once I started feeling happier again, oh, I'm eating, eating more clean and I'm feeling better. Then I'm thinking better. And then I could, then I got to work a little bit more. So it was, uh, it's just a process of you can't do it all at once. You, you literally cannot do it all at once. You'll drop it all. Yeah. So I started with one thing. Um, that's an intensive six-week mind and body. But if you follow it, 
it works. There's no excuses. It works. Um, we've had people follow it to a T knowing that they're going to get aggressive and angry when, when they go through the detox up front. So they send his, his spouse on a vacation yeah, for two weeks for two weeks while he detoxed from it. coffee, tea or whatever it was. He was detoxing he gave up, from. Yeah, everything. And, uh, and he, <laughs> he's never felt better in his life. He's older than I am and uh, happy and just changed yeah. his life. It's, it's an amazing thing to, to take on. Definitely is. A, I can see the, the anger of giving up anything that you've had advice with for a long time. Like It's not good. <laughs> and having the other person in the room, maybe they still drink that coffee right in front of you or where they do something right. that you get rid of right in front of you. That's going to cause mm-hmm. the anger to go up. And I watched it with my parents. My dad would try to stop smoking and my mom would smoke right in front of him. And he would just like flip his lid on that and he'd walk out, walk outside, try to get away. And then it took my mom getting cancer for both of them just both stop cold turkey. So it was kind of weird. Oh, man. And you look off. at that, and that's with a lot of things. The Sadly, it takes something that bad. It takes rock bottom, whether it's cancer or, or a DUI or what worse than a DUI. It, it To change your life sometimes, you know, we try to help people change before they hit rock bottom. Like, hey, you don't have to go as low as we did. That's why we're sharing the story. We want to catch you before you do all the dumb things I did, you know, but everyone goes through that where it's like, I, I, I'm smoking. I'm addicted. I'm addicted to the stupidity I was doing. I'm a, I, I was, I was habitually behaving poorly and I had to change that. Right. So I was aggressive about changing and then people fight it, you know, like fighting smoking. It takes rock bottom. It took, it took rock bottom for me to change my mind that, okay, all right, all right. That was bad. Let's, <laughs> Let's change this path. You know, it's not like I can't shake this one off anymore. And it's, you know, so we want to catch people before that now, hopefully. And hopefully you are catching them uh, before they hit that breaking point and before you're at that bottom, uh, bottom level of the darkness and it's hard to get them out even with the fishing pole at that point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough seeing people in that deep. Yeah, for sure. So we talked about uh, how you went through the Dr. Hyman in the Cleveland Clinic. What other steps did you take once you noticed all these problems with you? to get out of your darkness and start to be able to portray this uh, mindset you have now? You know, it started with anger management because we didn't, I didn't have a clue what to do. And I knew I was just angry. So let's tackle that. And from anger management, it came, oh, you have post-traumatic stress, right? And you're not an alcoholic. You just problem drink to self-medicate. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not a complete loser. We got something to work with. And, and work on that for a while, right? Work on my anger management, stop drinking, um, regulate my drinking, um, make rules about it. And then we went on to yoga. No, transcendental no meditation. meditation. Might have been a little early in that one for me. We try to teach, um, we try to give people some modalities when they're at that level of acceptance. You know, somebody coming off the combat, off the battlefield, you, you don't want to hand him a teddy bear to hug. He's not ready for that. You know, he might want to bang his head on a pole for a while and then move up to the teddy bear kind of thing. But transcendental meditation, it worked. But I went in with the mindset of, this is ridiculous. I'm just doing this for her, right? Um, until I woke up and I was like, whoa, what happened? You know, and <laughs> and it worked. And I didn't stick with that. I was still in the up and down phase of healing, right? Like I do okay and I'd be happy. Oh, I'm better now, right? And then, no, you're not better. And you fall backwards again. So after that, practice. yeah, after that, mm-hmm. we did some yoga, some acupuncture, and then transcranial magnetic stimulation was the next big one where that was uh, five days a week for 36 sessions. I think. Yeah, it was like 36 oh. total sessions. So 
that made a big difference in in how I felt because I started sleeping. I started sleeping a little better. Depression, and, and the depression kind of zaps. Yeah. I was more energetic now. Um, didn't feel so down on myself. So it's a process of getting out of that hole, you know, step by step versus I'm going to leap out of the hole and be all better. Um, I think I went flat for a bit and then we found a good counselor. After yes. our fourth or fifth one, we found one that worked. And um, that's why we ended up hiring her for the foundation. And then I just kept on from that. We've I've actually, we've both done the SGB shot. Yep. Um because we like to we try, like to try all these new technologies when they come out, or use what we haven't heard about, and then talk about it to people how it felt, what we felt like, so other people will, you know, if they trust us, they'll follow what we've done. Um, plus, we need it. Plus, we needed it, right? So, <laughs> just sharing with others how it how it helped us. You know, we're not doing it because we're doing it to help others. We're helping us, helping and others helping along others. the way. Oh. Um, two other modalities that, we, that we've tried and we've got coming up in the future as well with more SGB and ketamine now. Um, so it's been a nonstop process and part of it is we're teaching and telling people that they need to continue. This isn't a one and done thing. You know, you don't get one shot at this and you'll be better. We've seen a lot of that, you know, and then it fails a month later, two months later. So it's something you kind of got to keep at. Realistic expectations. Yep. For sure. Definitely measured expectations. With mental health, there's no one size fits all for everybody, and not everything is going to work for every person. But like you said, you're showing that you're trying these things to show everyone that it's working for you or it didn't work. You can tell them it didn't work if it didn't work. But if it did work, that's a big plus for them. Hey, I maybe I should try that because I need that same that same help moving forward. Right. I mean, if somebody trusts what you say, I mean, and you can go out and try something and it works and you can talk about it. I mean, why not share that on social media or as much as we, you know, wherever we can spread it, people will pay attention to it. Just trying to ease that, the fear of, oh, I'm going to go try this, you know, because you talk to people, hey, you got to get an SGB shot. Well, I've heard about that. I'm not getting a shot in my brain. It's like, no, it's not in your brain. It's in your neck and it works. And it's, you know, so just remove that fear or the, or, or increase education level for what's out there. Because a lot of people still don't understand what's out there. I actually never heard of it before you said it, so I had to write it down. So. Yeah, it's a yeah. pretty good, uh, um, it's resetting of the stellate ganglion nerve here. I, you know, let's say like a dry erase board with all your memories written on them. It kind of erases those off. And, and for me, if I'm operating at a seven, waiting to go to 10 and freak out, I'm living at seven. It took me down to, oh, I'm living at three. So it takes me longer to get to seven and 10 before I freak out. And so that gives me a pause to go do another modality of healing, you know, and some more therapy from a better place than to just say, oh, I'm good now and stop. But that, that. What was... it's, it's taking the fight, fight or freeze, and it's basically putting on pause. So, oh. yes, it can get tripped back on. Um, so a lot of active duty guys are getting it getting the shot, deploying again, coming back and getting it again. Um, or if you're triggered again, you might need it again. But really, it's just a really great pause um, to get to work on some other things. It gives you kind of maybe not erasing the memories, but you're not as triggered by the memories or you're not as right. responsive to them. They're Correct. still there. You're just not um, as triggered by them. That's, that's an awesome thing right there. And then, yeah. That's my doc about that next time I see him. And he'll probably say, no, Absolutely. No, 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 I don't do that. But I'll find somebody. No, we, can find, we can help find the resources yep. for you. That's out there. Awesome. 
And how does someone get in contact with you guys if they either a, just want to chat or get in with the programs with the All Secure Foundation? Easiest way is allsecurefoundation.org. Hit the contact button and it goes directly to us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Anything from, like you said, just to chat, you want to get more information on a resource, you need some training or retraining, any question you have, um, we'd love to kind of hear what you got. So the contact button's a great way to get a hold of us. And then, honestly, he's just Tom at allsecurefoundation.org, and I'm Jen with one N at allsecurefoundation.org. Our emails fill up. We answer them as quick as possible. And, and we, we, you know, we schedule appointments all day long. I chat to people all day long. She chats with people all day long and then we pass them off and it just, it continues daily, you know, it's uh, nonstop. So I don't like to hear from people. I didn't want to bother you because it's what we do for a living. Nobody's bothering us. It's what we do. It's what we want to do. So we want to remove everyone's excuses for not calling or emailing. Yeah, we're here. Awesome. Guys, again, thanks for taking some of your evening to come chat with us here on the Misfit Nation. Absolutely. Thank always, you. Always a pleasure. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are... Fit Nation. Swoop.